Welcome to the Microgreens Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Marsh, and I'm on a mission to help you, teach you, and motivate you to grow flavorful and nutritious microgreens in your home. Each Microgreens Podcast is meant to supplement content published on homemicrogreens.com, but in reality, the show is more about sharing with you the joys of growing your own food. Not only is it more nutritious, but seeing those plants grow will lift your spirits, bring a smile to your face, and give you a positive outlook on life. Let's get started. Welcome to the Microgreens Podcast, episode number 13, Lucky 13. And today we're going to be talking about soil. What else? I love soil. I guess you know that from all the articles on the website, but soil is the way of microgreens, in my opinion. You can say what you want to, but if you have a good soil, chances are you're going to have a good microgreen. Week after week, I get emails about people wanting to grow on mats, and now, hang on, I am going to be growing on mats. Matter of fact, I just did an inventory. I believe I have four, I think I have five different types of mats to try. I'm not going to be trying them all at once, but what I am going to be doing different than everyone else is testing those mats, the microgreens grown on those mats against the microgreens grown on my uh, whole microgreens potting soil, potty mix. You don't see that anywhere else. You see them growing like, look, these microgreens grow wonderful on this mat. And all they show you are the microgreens grown on that mat. Well, if you take a two-inch high microgreen and you zoom in on it, it looks like a four-inch microgreen. So when someone shows me some compelling evidence that mats grow better, Uh, microgreens than they do on soil, then I'll switch. I have no problem switching alliances just as long as I have evidence that it's a good product. And I realize that people think that soil is a pain. I I still haven't done it yet, but I have some tips for you to solve that problem. Number one is get rid of the bag. Go buy a tote. If you have a two cubic foot bag, get a 17 gallon tote. If you have smaller eight quart bags, then just buy an appropriate size tote and dump your soil into that tote. It's so much easier to get the soil out of an open tote than it is out of a bag. And then also, when you fill your trays, don't worry about making a mess. Find a larger tray, like, oh, you know, something that has higher walls than, like, the old cafeteria trays. I found a couple at, um, like, the Five and Dimes, the dollar stores. They have quite high sides. I can fit two or three of my home microgreens trays in them. I even have larger trays that I fit my 1020 trays in. I just fill the trays up with the soil, I brush it over with my hand, I compact it with my hand, brush the extra soil off into the larger tray, and then when I'm done, I pull out the planting tray, and I just tip up the tray that has the extra soil into it, and tip it to a corner to the bin or the tote that my main microgreen soil is, and I dump it in. There's no mess. There's nothing on the floor, there's nothing on the table, no mess at all. So, you know... You just have to work around those issues. Now, I realize that people don't like it, and I actually just got an email today from someone about, actually, they're from England, um, about they couldn't dispose of, they didn't want to, had a problem disposing of the soil. And, you know, that is the one problem, and you do have to get rid of the soil eventually. But the way I look at it is if you don't have a compost pile, you don't have any friends that have a compost pile, the worst of the case is it goes in the landfill, and what do they fill landfills with? They, they fill them with soil, right? They top them with soil. So a little bit of soil into a landfill is not going to be the end of the world compared to, like, putting some plastic or something like that into it. So, you know, push comes to shove, we find ways to get things done. 
For those of you that are looking for mats, I have those episodes coming up. Matter of fact, I'm going to start them this weekend, get some of those filmed. I got a brand new camera, so hopefully that helps. And we'll get them planning. So what do I have? I'm supposed to be talking about soil, and all I'm talking about is mats. Well, that's all right. Everyone likes the mats. So I have the BioStrait mats. I have jute mats. I have two kinds of cocoa fiber mats, and I have bamboo mats. So I'm going to cut those to fit into microgreen, whole microgreen trays, and we'll do a side-by-side test, um, probably with something like kohlrabi or red cabbage. I've been doing broccoli lately, and it's, let's face it, it's not the prettiest microgreen in the world. So I might as well grow a microgreen that looks a little bit pretty. Maybe it gets a little bit more views on the website, and it's a little bit longer. The broccoli takes about seven days, which is really great turnaround for me, but I really like to see the results on a longer growing microgreen, you know, like cabbage, something that's 10 days, just to see if it has the uh, staying power, you know, to grow a larger microgreen than the soil does. All right, now we're going back to the topic, soils. So in this week's article, and if you're listening to this podcast in the article, that's great. If you're on one of the podcast platforms like iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, or Spotify, whatever they are, you can go to homemicrogreens.com forward slash 013 for episode 13 to see the show notes and links to what I'm talking about today. But I did a article um, testing Espoma potting mix. Um, Espoma claims to be organic. I didn't see any certification labels on it anywhere. And I did search a couple of databases and they didn't come up as organic, but they're claiming they're organic and I'll believe them. Espoma has been around for a long time before organics was even organic. So, you know, we're just, I'm just going to trust them. But I use this Espoma potting mix. It's peat moss based along with my whole microgreens mix, which is cocoa core base. And I also did a Espoma seed starting mix. We're not even going to talk about that. That's useless. Don't use seed starting mixes. It was horrible. If you look at the video, most of the article is a video. If you look at the video, you can see that there was water ponded on it and it didn't really go away. It never really absorbed water. And then I bottom watered. And then in three days later, I checked on it and there was still water in the tray. So it didn't even absorb the water up through. So don't use any of the seed mixes. But anyways, the Espoma potting mix did a really great job. The whole microgreen soil did grow larger leaves, thicker leaves, and had a bigger canopy than the Espoma potting mix. But the Espoma potting mix really did a really nice job compared to any of the other ones I tried. Nice thing about Espoma is I do trust them. I use a lot of their um, garden amendments in my garden. And I actually use one of their amendments in the uh, home microgreens uh, potting mix. So I do trust their brand. But it's available at a lot of the larger garden centers. And it's also available, pretty readily available on Amazon at halfway decent prices. And also, I believe that some of the box stores carry it. So like the depots or the Lowe's or the Walmarts, the Targets, they may also carry a Spoma brand organic potty mix. It's a really good product. It grew the broccoli just, just fine. It was definitely harvestable at the same time as my home microgreens potty mix. The home microgreens potty mix probably had, I would say, an inch and a half to two inch wider canopy. And it was definitely almost an inch taller. But still, the Espoma did a really good job. Even, you know, it was peat moss based. I'm not a big fan of peat moss, but it wetted really well. It didn't, there was when I uh, use a spray bottle on it, you can see this in the video. It was a spray bottle to wet the surface and it just glistened a little bit, but then it soaked right in. It didn't stay on top like a lot of the peat moss based 
mixes did like happy frog did and i believe there was one other peat moss base that just you know the water just sat there moved the soil around with your finger and it was dry underneath i moved the soil around and it had soaked down through has a lot of the same things in it that the home microgreens potting mix has it has you know aged uh, forest products and a lot of the calcium or limestone and dolomite and things like that also has a lot of the natural ingredients, not quite as many as the as the whole microgreens potting mix. I do add quite a bit. That's not the way to say it. I add quite a few different natural amendments to the whole microgreens potting mix. Not a whole lot in any one time, but just enough that I think it gives it more nitrogen for the plants to grow, and it gives it a lot better stem development. I think the stems on uh, microgreens grown in the whole microgreens potting mix are a lot thicker than any of the other ones or any of the other soil mixes that I have. So I'm really interested to see how that how the mats do against the whole microgreens potting mix now. I will admit that the last experiment I did with mats was way in the beginning of the website. So I did not have as much experience as I do now growing microgreens. So, you know, this is a good time to retest the mats. So if you're looking for a halfway decent potty mix, you can't find anything at the hydroponic stores. That's what I recommend. Look at around your, your major towns. Search for hydroponic stores. They carry a lot of the professional mixes, and you can get really great potting soils there or potty mixes there um, in a two-cubic foot bag, which is you know saves you a lot of money. For example, a two-cubic foot bag fills about 75 of my home microgreens trays. So, you know, if you're spending 20 bucks or 25 bucks, it's really not that much per tray. And then, like I said, you can just get a 17-gallon tote. The two-cubic-foot bag will fit right inside of it. Put the cover on it, throw it in a closet, and stack things on top of it if you're not using it. So, you know, there's no mess. I do have links to Amazon for the Espoma potty mix. Like I said, it's pretty readily available, obviously, with free shipping with Prime. And it doesn't take you long to get up to the free shipping if you don't have Prime. They even have two cubic foot bags. I think they're around $32 or something like that, which really isn't that bad. You're going to pay about $20 or $25 in a garden center for a two cubic foot bag. So, you know, that's it costs, for example, a lot of the packages I ship out weigh between 7 and 10 pounds. And it usually costs me $13 to $15 to ship those. If I have to ship them all the way across the country because I'm in on the East Coast. If I had to ship them to the West Coast, you know, it's like $18 or $20. So them shipping a two-cubic-foot bag for 7 or 8 bucks is a pretty good deal, really. So, you know, don't be afraid. And remember, it costs you money to go to those hydroponic stores or anywhere to get soils, too. So it's sort of uh, really nice to have it delivered right to your door. Well, I think that's about all I really wanted to talk about was, you know, what's coming up in the podcast. I know everyone, I've been in a lot of emails about, you know, when are you going to do your mat tests? So I, those are coming up. I want to tell you about the Espoma potty mix. It's a really good potty mix. Don't be afraid to buy it. If I ran out of my mix, I would definitely, and ran across some Espoma mix. There is a garden uh, center, let's see, oh, 15, 20 minutes away that does sell Espoma mix. This is where I got this mix. I'd go over there and, and use it. It's it's really a good mix. I'd have no qualms at all about using the Espoma potty mix to grow my microgreens. To wrap this up, I'd just like to say if you have a certain type of soil you'd like me to try, you have a certain type of mat you'd like me to try, um, run a test against my home microgreens potty mix, by all means, give me an email at todd at homemicrogreens.com. I'll see if I can source some of that material and do a little experiment with it. 
I'm really, I'm, I want to find the best soil or the best mat or the best whatever that I can grow my microgreens and that you can grow your microgreens. If you're happy growing microgreens, then that makes me happy. So I know if I can do anything to help you source any type of materials, again, just email me anytime at Todd at homemicrogreens.com. I'll reply to every email and answer any questions that you have, at least to the best of my ability, or at least I'll do a little research and find out answers for you. So you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next Thursday or Friday. Just keep on growing those microgreens. Thank you for listening to the Microgreens podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. It really helps out the podcast. As always, stop by homemicrogreens.com and say hello. Now before the next show, plant your next tray of micros. Let's keep growing.